Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, May 15th, 2018 was a was a tragic day for Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church. It was it was a really sad day, and it was even if you're not a, a member of that congregation or um, religious, even it was just really sad to see such a historic building engulfed in fire. And they suffered this massive fire for just over four years ago, and have been rebuilding since. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. I mean, you know the um, the flames were pretty dramatic looking. It it really kind of and the combination of the the drama of the fire itself and just the sadness of this congregation losing its uh, place of worship, but also the fact that this building was, you know, I shouldn't say was, is, it's still there, is um, an 1878 Cream City Brick Church, you know, combined to to really kind of hit a lot of Milwaukeeans, like you said, regardless of whether or not they were Lutheran, whether or not they were religious, whether or not they went to that church or any church, it was really just something a lot of us felt sort of like 11 months later when uh, Notre Dame burned in Paris, you know, it was, you know, people were upset about it regardless of whether or not they were Catholic. Yeah. I mean, you think about a a church in Milwaukee that's been there since 1878 and it, it had that distinctive tower, which you could really see from, you know, miles away. And this church on Ninth and Highland has this Gothic architecture that is so stunning, and it, it really does feel like our Notre Dame. Oh yeah, and it's kind of on like a it's like on a high point of um, of downtown, and it has two steeples, one larger and one smaller one, and it had um, a spire like Notre Dame also had that burned um, a little further back. That was sort of an air vent as part of the ventilation system. Um, so it's, it was a really recognizable church, even from, you know, from a distance. Um, and from 1878 among the earlier churches in the city. Uh, so clearly a landmark, you know, and, um, so tons of people recognized it. Tons of people knew exactly what it was the minute they saw pictures of the fire and, and those pictures circulated a lot. I mean, they were not only did the news have them, but I mean, people were texting me. I saw, you know, there was all over Twitter and Facebook. I mean, people were just like circulating Pictures and videos, yeah. Yeah, I remember it was a huge, huge story that day on the news, on social media. And you've been following up with the church and and the efforts to rebuild. I mean, thankfully, this was not a total loss for the congregation. And you've been checking in almost every year since. And now, four years later, um, they're kind of just about to enter a next chapter in the effort to rebuild, the fundraising chapter. Yeah, they're going to start trying to raise money to do kind of the, they're sort of on the cusp of being able to be back in the building. and so there's sort of a level of fundraising need to get to that and then a level of fundraising to get sort of the the decorative stuff back. You know, like they have all these different levels of uh, things they're going to try and achieve. And what's the big number? The big number is $6 million. Wow. Okay. So. Um, Which is a big number. <laughs> it is a big number. And you got to actually go to the congregation and tour the church. So coming up in the second part here, we're going to talk more about kind of the big goal of the capital campaign and then also your tour, what you saw inside at Trinity Evangelical Lutheran in Milwaukee. Did you know that the majority of 88.9's work is funded by members? That's why we can bring you such diverse programming through music, stories, and this podcast. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to become a member today. We're back on Urban Spelunking, 
talking about the effort to rebuild Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church. You got to go there, Bobby, and see what's going on and get a status update. Do you want to start there with um, kind of the status? Sure. I say this in a weird way, but unfortunately, I've been there way more than I ever expected to be there because I'd gone there initially for an urban splunking story probably 2014 or so. Um, But then once the fire happened, I've been back many, many times for updates about... um, about stuff, and I'm always happy to go to a, a beautiful church, but it's a sad, sad circumstances that have brought me there so many times. Right. But interestingly, the like the day, um, I think it was the day after the fire, they were already pulling things out of the church that it was sort of miraculous that they survived. You know, like oh, yeah, um, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fire really destroyed the sanctuary, but like artwork survived, um, the wooden pulpit survived. There was. Um, all sorts of things that you'd think couldn't possibly have survived this fire that, that were pulled out the next day. Um, so it was pretty amazing to see that then, especially to go in to finally get a chance to be allowed in to the, um, sanctuary after the fire and see just the absolute devastation. The roof was gone. I mean, just, it was, it was terrible. Um, I remember when, when right after it happened and I, we did an update, you were talking about, um, you know, it was still open to the elements and after, you know, the rain was coming in and to have the fire damage and then water damage and just have no roof. I mean, it was, right. it was devastating for, uh, it must've taken a while to just kind of get a handle on that. Right. And they, they had to put up a, like a, a temporary structure too. And in fact, today there's still a big scaffold that they have to rent. To, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really the first key was they had to um, get, they had to clear out all the, the mess, the junk and make the building watertight, um, which I think most of the, the cost of that stuff was um, covered by insurance. Um, but then they immediately started um, worshiping offsite. They were at MATC briefly. They were at a funeral home briefly. Um, then last year when I visited, they were um, having services in kind of like a narrow hallway in the uh, in a much more recent addition that's off to the side. Um, but now... They've got the undercroft, which is the the space beneath the sanctuary, fitted out as a chapel. And somebody has donated an organ and organ pipes, and there's seating, and it's it looks it's beautiful. It looks like a I mean it's small, but it looks like a beautiful church in itself. Um, so they're able to worship in their own building again in something that looks sort of churchy. It's not a hallway, um, and upstairs, you know, the roof is done. Um, They've got glass in the windows. It's not the glass they hope will be there forever because they're hoping to replace the re- replace stained glass, which had originally been in there. What about restoration? Were they able to salvage anything else from the original building? Yeah, they managed to salvage um, woodwork and plaster work um, that they can, some of it they can use and, so the, and then the stuff that couldn't be salvaged, they can um, make new pieces from molds of the old piece. So that's good. So as long as they're able to, oh, save, wow. you know what I mean? They can recreate what, what was lost because they did manage to save some of, of most things. Um, and they can, re- they can replicate that throughout the building as long as they have that, that one mold. Yep. Yep. And the, oh, cool. and the pulpit survived and it looks great. And the, the balk, the wooden balcony, the choir loft is still there. Amazingly didn't burn. Um, they're going to re, do, you know, this was an unusual church in that it had its heating system was a system of pipes that ran beneath the pews um, and were heated with steam. And um, they're going to actually put that 
a system like that back in with the pipes under the pews, which is great because that really is was sort of a key kind of historical feature of the place. Um, and they're doing plaster walls. They're not doing drywall. They're tra- they're trying to really do it right. Um, because so it'll feel it'll feel like it it did. Yeah, I mean, it won't be exactly the same, but they're but they're cognizant of the fact that they have an 1878 building, and you know, you can do it as cheaply as possible, or you can do it so that the place sort of endures into the future as close as possible as to what it was. Well, I suppose that brings us to the big number again, right? Six million dollars, mm-hmm. and they're hoping to raise this in a, a capital campaign. Is this just kicking off now, or do they have it kind of going already? Where where does the campaign? I stand? think it's probably been going somewhat in a. Um, casual sort of way up till now but yeah. they're really kind of pushing it um now because if they can they need basically a million dollars to get um the sanctuary to be um occupiable again you know to get to sort of pass the inspections they need to make it a place where they could have services um then they need two million dollars for an organ because a church organ has to be built for, for an organ for a church like this has to be um built to specifications that's it takes them two years to, to build this organ um so that's a third of the budget is is this organ wow so yeah a million to get back in the room two million for an organ and then three million dollars for what uh reverend peters and i joked was the pretty stuff <laughs> like <laughs> the stuff that you don't need um to have services but the stuff that should be back there because that's, you know, it was an 1878 building that had a lot of pretty stuff and the pretty stuff would be things like stained glass, fixing the steeple outside, um, putting the, um, the spire back up, um, doing all of the woodwork and the plaster finishes, painting, like, you know, decorative painting inside pews, you know, cause they can sit in folding chairs and be occupiable. And what's the timeline here? Well, the timeline sort of depends because, you know, as he pointed out that, you know, um, even if if they could get the organ built, it would take them two years from now. I mean, if they started building the organ today, they'd be in in two years. But considering that they're going to wait on the organ, um, their goal is to get in by about a year from now. Like to get the. That's really interesting about the. That's really interesting about the organ. I suppose those just aren't um, coming off the assembly line one by one these days, right? I mean, no, and even in the old days, they weren't. They were always sort of hand built, and all those pipes and all the you know that whole system, which is generally tuned to a to a specific room, was always kind of built by craftsmen, basically by hand. And did the pipes survive? Um, I think maybe some pipes did, but I'm not entirely sure um, if enough did that it makes a difference. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they might need to start from scratch. Yeah. So it's not um, just the organ, it's the whole system and yeah, the, the organ meaning, meaning the whole system. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Not just the, they call, they call the part you play the console and then, then there's the pipes, but all of it together is technically the organ. Yeah. There's really nothing like a real organ and it, it, it's an, it's an impressive piece of, um, music, but also it brings a beauty and a, a technology coming together, you know, and the kind of old school technology, um, that makes it sound so perfect and beautiful. Yeah. And the disappointing part is that, that, I mean, I remember when I went there the first time, um, to write a story, you know, years before the fire, um, they were justifiably proud of the organ they had because it was a, it was a historic organ and one that, you know, people who were interested in organs knew about because it was a sort of a 
unique, well-built um, historic organ. So it's a shame they'll never be able to have that back. But I think they're trying to have the the closest they can have to that in you know 2022. So what is the ask of the public? Is this uh, this a public campaign? People can learn more about it. Yeah, you could go to trinitymilwaukee.org and donate or learn more about it. Um, you know, they're, I don't think they think that they'll get $6 million in um, individual donations, you know, $10. I mean, they're happy to have individual donations. $10 is great. $25 is great. Sure, whatever. yeah, it'll get them closer. I mean, yeah. any bit helps. Yeah, you know? but I think they know that really a lot of the ask is going to have to come from um, foundations, nonprofits, grants, things like that. Well, if you want to learn more about that, we've got a link to Bobby's story in the description box of this podcast episode. So you can go right to On Milwaukee, see photos from the inside, see how they're managing the restoration, and of course, a link to the capital campaign. That's in the description box right here. We've also got a link, of course, at radiomilwaukee.org. Podcasts here in 88.9 are edited by Kenny Perez. And please do take a moment to rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. Hey, before we go. Ooh, trivia. <laughs> My trivia on this is that um, this building is linked to the Pritzloff building. Really? Hmm. Yes. And the reason is um, that John Pritzloff, who started Pritzloff Hardware, um, donated the land that uh, Trinity sits upon, which was originally called Terrace Gardens and was like a, a garden that had concerts and a public garden in it. And he bought it in uh, 1868 and donated it to the congregation. Well, there you go. On-demand trivia. You just got that filed away. You like that? I like that. I'm very, always very impressed. Okay. Where was I with the credits? I don't know. Podcast uh, by... Yeah, podcast. You know, Kenny. Uh, let's think of again. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny edits all of our podcasts, including our newest uh, Be Seen, which is our new partnership with the Wisconsin LGBTQ History Project. i got to work this in here, Bobby. It's Pride Month. People need to stop what they're doing right now and give a hand to Kenny for his hard work on all these podcasts. Absolutely. Kenny is, uh, he is our, he is our audio chef. <laughs> he is our master chef. So <laughs> I was cooking up a new podcast. Uh, he absolutely is. And including B scene. So check us out there. RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast. You can find urban spelunking past episodes of that. And you can check out our new episodes of B scene all about Wisconsin's LGBTQ history. So Kenny doing some great work. Uh, great to work with him. Uh, Bobby, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Have a great, just yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Perfect>. see ya. <laughs>